Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the First Take Podcast. Excited to be back for another week, bringing you all the tennis news and gossip that you can take. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, friend of the program. Uh, He's a former three-star recruit, freshman now at Fresno State. And I'm excited to welcome on Diego Castillo. And you might actually know him more famously for the time he made it on Nick Curios's Instagram. So, Diego, welcome to the podcast. Nick, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> For, former four-star, by the way. Oh, that yeah, but did, you went to Spain and then lost that four-star, right? Happens. Hey, happens to the best of us. Clay court grinder over here. <laughs> so, excited to have you here, Diego. Uh, for the show, you know, we're just going to talk a little bit about, you know, current tennis news and we'll get into more of the interviewee stuff. And then at the end, we'll do one of my segments I like to do with college tennis players where we create our own fantasy lineup of like a college lineup with pro tennis players. Do a little draft, super fun. So for we'll start sure. with, you know, it's going to be fun. So we're going to start though first with tennis news. Uh, we just had Cologne and St. Petersburg, and Felix Auger Aliassim reached another final and lost in another final. Happens. When is this dude gonna win really? a final? Like, really? Well, it's, it feels like it's his hundredth final that he's reached, and he can't win. I think I saw he's 0-12 in sets too, right? Yeah, I don't. I think he's he hasn't won a set. He hasn't won a final. It says I think sixth final, like. What does this dude have to do to win in a final? Like, does he just get tight, or? It's it's got to be mental now. All mental. Definitely. Uh, that's definitely what he's thinking about. Do you, so like if you're Felix right now, you know you've you're a high level tennis player as well. Like, are you? What's going through your head in this? If you've reached five, six, seven finals and haven't even won a set in any of them, are you just like, hey, it'll happen, or do you kind of start to panic now? Um. No, I wouldn't be panicking. I mean, he's in the final. He's not losing first round. Um, and he is like 19 years old. He is 19. I mean, it all just takes time. He's, you know, the guy's a hard worker. Uh, time, time, he'll, time will pay off for him. Uh, yeah. He'll do good. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't see a problem for him. <laughs> and uh, he was, yeah, he was playing a U.S. Open finalist in Alex Verev as well. So, right. You know, I don't think Alex you can really. You know, he's really improved this year, you know. Uh, Taking that next step. Deep uh, deep into some slams, which he hasn't been able to do for a while. But, you know, he's taking that next step. Taking it. Good. But, uh, you know, Felix, he's just got to keep chipping away, you know. He'll get there. He'll, he'll be winning soon enough. And then on the other side, I mean, uh, there was also the event in St. Petersburg. Is Roger Federer just a genius? At the start of the, don't worry, Diego. I'll walk you through it. At the yeah, start of the, at the start of the sure year, <laughs> at the start of the year, like Roger said, um, that watch out for Andre Rublev. Like he's gonna have a killer year. He just went and won St. Petersburg. It's like his fourth title of the year. He just really? won an event a couple Andre weeks Rublev, ago. Andre Rublev cracks the ball. Oh, and that he's guy. now he's number eight in the world now. Eight in the world? Yeah. Are you kidding? Really? Yeah, he just went up. Uh, according That's to Tennis Channel. But, like, who knows what's up with the rankings right now. They're, like, everywhere. But, yeah, he's supposed to be eight in the world. Roger said this in, I think, December or January. Someone asked him, like, who's going to have a great year this year? And he's like, Andre Rublev. Well, you know, Roger, Roger's played the game enough, long enough to know, you know, who's working hard and who's going to, what's going to pay off for the player. You know, he knows. Yeah, no, he he knows, and I think he like probably trained with him over the summer. He always does that. He brings one top guy, and just hits with him. Probably just grinds them to the ground. Definitely, he definitely uh, you know shares his experience with him. Yeah, and puts him in the right direction. Yeah, so. and I know, you know you. I know you. You don't love Roger. You're more of a, a Rafa guy yourself. I am more of a Rafa guy. So who's your goat? Who's my goat? Yeah, who's your goat? Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Rafa. Alright, see, that's where you're wrong, Diego. I think you can't, you can't dispute the fact that, you know, Roger has more slams, because it's pretty even. Well, it is even now, they both have 20. But, I mean, all of Rafa's are on clay. 
Like, garages at least are a little spaced out. Yeah, did you know Rafa has won the most U.S. Opens from 2010 to 2020? Dude, that's the wildest stat ever, because that was the one he could never get, right? Like, he could never win the U.S. Open, always reach the finals, and then... Dude, uh, you know, when, when Novak and Roger don't play, it helps out. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of helps a bit, and then you know when Novak gets defaulted for you know three sixty no scoping a lineswoman. <laughs> yeah, Novak was just doing what we were all doing in quarantine, playing Warzone. Facts. That guy was just doing trick shots off of rust. <laughs> he sent us straight to the gulag, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean. That's the thing, though, like with tennis players and, you know, tennis fans, the debate's always Roger and Rafa as the GOAT. Why Why is Novak never in the conversation? Let me tell you why Novak's not in the conversation. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Diego. The guy's not a fan favorite, you know? Not, yeah. a lot, not many people like him. He's not a likable person. I mean, I respect him, of course. Yeah, I think every the tennis fan. The guy's a tremendous player, but, you know, he doesn't appeal to the to the fans, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Which is not bad, but, you know, you're not going to be put in those conversations because many people take all the factors, including, like, like I don't know, Novak probably does have a charity, but you usually hear more about Federer's charity and Rafa's charity yeah. and stuff like that. Well, so. if you look at this stuff that even more recently, I think with what Novak did during coronavirus, like, he, he was selling dirty water that... Like, he basically said on a live stream, like, if you have good vibes, you can clean water. Like, as you yeah. drink it. And then he goes and I has... Think he also mentioned something about, like, WTA and ATP pay. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, so... Yeah, and then, and then he goes, he releases, like, that new player organization. Has yeah. no mention of the WTA in it. And then kind of a week or two later, it was like, oh, we'll, we'll consult with the women's tour. And it's like... If any new player associations coming up, it's going to be ATP, WTA combined. And then, you know, the biggest one of them all, giving everyone COVID at his Adria tour with fans. Yeah, yeah, you know, he just, I think he said he was also anti-vax. Yeah, he said that before. So, like, do you think that's part of it? Or, like, why, what is it it about, what is it about, but then what about, is it about Roger and Rafa that makes them so much more likable? Because you look. On the court, Novak has some of the best game out there, and he does. Why, like, why isn't he just revered in the same breath as Roger and Rafa? Is it strictly because of the off-court stuff, and he's not likable, or is it maybe even some on-court things as well? Um, the, I, it's got to be a mixture of both. You never see, you never see Rafa or Roger really freak out or have kind of like a tantrum. You know, you don't expect that from them. And, you know, Novak goes, breaks some rackets and stuff like that, which happens. But, uh... <laughs> happens I to mean, the best of us. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, even uh, who Pablo Carreño Busta, actually, I think this past week, even said, yeah, Novak always calls uh, calls an injury mm-hmm. timeout yeah. when he goes down. Like, that's how you know he's losing is when he brings the trainer on the court. Yeah. And so I think part of it is... You know, him being a sore loser and he just, like, doesn't want to accept defeat. But I also think, this is my theory at least, and tell me what you think. I also think it's the way he plays. Like, people want to have something that they can replicate in in sort of the greatest Mm -hmm. to go. Roger, his strokes, his style, it's smooth, it's clean. Serving volley, classy, it's standard. Yeah, like, it's standard what Roger plays. It's easy for everyone to get. It's a clean, smooth, basic Mm -hmm. stroke that you learn when you're six years old. And then Rafa, like, you can't really teach his style of play. That's just physical grind. But it's something that everyone can aspire to be. And, you know, like, we grew up in that generation of, you know, kids would stand 10 feet behind the baseline and just grind for days. Just, Just hit that ball stories up yeah exactly just moonball everything i think they were the greatest player in the world and i think rafa just has that game that someone you like reach to and aspire to and i think with novak Uh his game i feel like novak's game is pretty standard no it's just on that next level obviously i think well i think with novak's game it's just like it's not like there's nothing significant about it everyone just knows it's oh novak's athletic so he's gonna get everything but he doesn't have, you know, 
like his backhand's solid and he can do a lot with it, but he doesn't have that just that one shot where it's money every single time. Like his forehand isn't gonna blow you off the court. I'll tell you which shot uh, he can blow you off the court with his, his overhead. Yeah, exactly, his <laughs> overhead. Like, so I I just think with Novak, it's a lot of different things that make him just unlikable. Unlikable. Yeah. And no one really pays... Like, even you watch... I mean, you've been to plenty of Indian Wells finals, so have I. Like, whenever Novak plays Roger or Rafa, the entire stadium is cheering for Roger or Rafa. Yeah, it's never pro-Novak. Never. And I think that adds to it, too, is Novak always complains about it, and his camp complains about it. Like, oh, Novak never gets any support. It's like, well... It is what it is. Yeah. Plus the whole kissing thing at the end of a match. What is that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's like, a bit much. But not, he, not, I think he was doing team. it at the U.S. Open too, with no one in the stands. <laughs> like just kid blowing kisses to the tournament director sitting in the top row or the ATP supervisor. Like, what is what is he doing? Like, I don't know. The, Novak just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of his. I, I'm not either. But you know, he's. Is it? But do you think he'll catch Roger and Rafa? Do I think he'll like not Rafa? not hope? Because I I'm hoping he doesn't. But just I mean, probably though. But I still don't think even if he passes them, I don't think he'll be viewed as the goat. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's kind of like with Pete Sampras. I don't think many people when he got to 14, right. no one really said, "Oh, Pete Sampras is the greatest of all time." Everyone would sort of look at. At Rod Laver, uh-huh. he was still kind of considered the goat, and even until up till maybe I think five years ago or so, it was always Roger, Rod Laver, and then oh, Rafa could be the goat. Yeah, I think I think Pete Sampras wasn't really in the conversation. No, but, I mean recently, obviously. Um, but how much does it suck to be Pete Sampras? Like you win fourteen Grand Slams, and everyone's like, no one's gonna touch that for a million years, and then yeah, I mean, ten years good. later. You just get three ridiculous athletes. Just, you know, three of the greatest, like, just three specimens of tennis just come out and, like, waltz past his record. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's special for sure. But, uh, no one's going to touch Roger or Rafa slams, I don't think. No. no I mean, Roger's Wimbledon record and Rafa's... No one's touching Rafa's French... No one's touching no, Rafa's I mean, I think it's lost on everyone. He's won 100 matches and lost twice. That's crazy. Like, he's played 102 matches at Roland Garros and lost two times. That, that's a ridiculous, ridiculous statistic. He's losing less than 2% of the time. That's like, crazy. <laughs> name one other player who's won... Over 98% of their matches at any event. Daniel Garcia at the Charlie Moore level 5 <laughs> in Desert Princess. Undefeated there. That's solid. I think <laughs> I think I was undefeated at a, at a level 7. Um, Ramada. Yeah. Ramada, dude. The Ramadas had the best trophies, did they not? They did. I never won one, though. Really? Never. Oh, my God. I, I got... I won, I think, twice there, and I got two finalist trophies there. Even their finalist trophies were massive. I know. Oh. I always lost in the semis there. I don't know why. That's so know. brutal. You just got always in a breaker too. You just got tight on those courts. It happens. <laughs> it does. Well, Diego, we're gonna get into, get into a little bit of a touchy subject for you right now. Oh um, boy, I, I wonder what it could be. Yeah, I wonder what's it gonna be. As I get a text from your sister asking if I'm te- uh, interviewing you right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm interviewing Diego right now. You can listen to this later. Um, you know, I think the biggest sort of news that's come out, at least in the U.S. and college tennis, is Fresno State, their tennis men's program is going to be cut next season. They, they're they a great team. They're not like some random D3 or small D1 school who's had no success and just kind of started. This is like a, a historic program. Some great coaches have come through Fresno State, some great players. Like you look, Peter Smith, one of the greatest college tennis coaches ever, coached here at USC for, for what seemed like a long time. And, you know, they're cutting the program. You just committed there, actually, in your first or second week at Fresno State. 
Walk, walk, walk me through that. What, like, what happened? How did you find out? Tell yeah, me, me what went down. All right. So I got. I'm. I'm in Fresno right now, and I got here. I stayed a week ago, and uh, and so I was practicing, and then I say when when did they announce this? Maybe Friday or Thursday. Friday. Yeah, on Friday. Friday. I wake up Friday morning, and. Uh, I get an email from the director of athletics saying, hey, we have a Zoom meeting today. It's mandatory. And then uh, we get a text from Coach Shields saying, yeah, we have a meeting today. It's mandatory. And, uh, you know, I'm not thinking anything of this. I'm thinking we're, we're kind of practicing off-site. Uh, yeah, because you can't have uh, practices like on the facilities yet. Yeah, facilities are closed and everything. So we're, we're practicing off-site. And I'm thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna say hey you guys can use the courts um, you guys can use the the gyms the, the strength and conditioning blah 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 and so we're on the group chat and you know I'm there I get on I'm I'm, I'm like you know you know me yeah <laughs> and, you're uh, like... I'm like what's up guys and I'm like and then like this guy starts talking right when he started talking the the like the tone in his voice crazy. I was, it was just like, I was it, like, it was, it not, was in the it back not, of my mind. Yeah. It was in the back of my mind just when he started talking. I was like, no, but there's no way. And then he's all like, yeah, you know, we're going to have to, you guys are going to finish this year. It like, hurts my, it hurts saying this, blah, blah, blah. But uh, next year, we're going to discontinue the program. And none of us said a word. We just didn't know what to say. It was. It was crazy. Um, yeah, and this was on Zoom, right? Like, you're just sitting on Zoom. This is all on Zoom. We have our cameras on. We just turned them off one by one. Like, we're trying to, you know, Safe recollect day. everything. And it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it sucks for sure. Because, you know, what... You know, Fresno State used to be, like, a top five in the nation. Yeah, they were one of the best. I mean, you. I think you told me the other day that, you know, Fresno State... Uh, your team won won your conference last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's definitely definitely a historical team. Um, it was a powerhouse before, and when they brought Coach Luke Shields, uh, he was re- really rebuilding this program, and uh, and it was trending in the right direction. We won our conference. We've been number one in our conference for like I, don't, I think like the last three years. And um, you know we were in the we were in the national scene. Um, it, it it just doesn't make sense, but I mean it happens sadly. But um, you know it's heartbreaking. It, um, not only just for me, but for everybody else on the team. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So so like when they said it. What, what what was the first thing that you thought of? You know, coach comes in and says, hey, and you hear it in his tone, you're like, oh, we're not going to be able to go to the gym. And then he says, program's done after this. You're like, what What was your initial reaction? First thing you thought, was it, where am I going to go? Oh, fuck, like, what just happened? Like, what what goes through your head in those five seconds after you hear it? After this, I was in shock. I was, uh, I think I texted my mom. And I texted Scorty, and I was all like, yo, I need to talk to you guys. And then, uh, and, uh, you know, I called, I called Scorty, you know, he reassured me, um, you know, everything was going to be okay. I'm going to find a school later after this, after Jesus, I don't know. Um, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it was just, you know, I was scared just for a bit. I'm not too worried, you know, everything's going to work out, but, um, yeah, it was scary. Yeah, that's not, like, and it's like your, it's your second week on, right. at school, like, yes. you were, so how does, does this change, you know, the way you go into the season at all, or is it, I'm going to go, go in, give it my all, train just as hard, play as hard, and then, you know, have a good showing here and use that to get me into a, another school, or is it, like, what's this, your mentality uh, now? This definitely changes how I perceive this year. Um, this is like, th- I feel like this is not, we're not only going to be playing for ourselves this year, we're going to be playing for every every alumni from, 
that went to Fresno State and everybody that's gone through the program. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go, you know, ten times ten times harder. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll do something big this year. Um, we have the players. I don't I don't see a doubt. With, I don't have a doubt in my mind that we don't have the players. Um, we've got good good camaraderie. Um, I think we're gonna do good this year. I know we're gonna do good this year, and uh, you know. Like it's, it's our last dance. Michael yeah, Jordan. hey, there you go. Go 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 on a high note like MJ. Maybe you guys will win NCAAs this year. Yeah, maybe they won't cut us after that. I mean, I, yeah, that, I don't think they could if you guys won NCAAs. Yeah. But, you know, you, you actually just mentioned it. You guys have good camaraderie. I know you just started in college tennis, but how important do you think that is for, uh, for, for a college tennis team? Like, I know for me... I've been around the SC tennis programs for what mm-hmm. two, two, three years now, something like that. And I remember last year, the, you know, the lineup, or I guess two years now, the lineup was super strong, but I don't think the team was as close. And they ended up, you know, losing. I think to in the finals to UCLA, mm-hmm. they, you know, were knocked out early in NCAA's, and they just didn't play to their full potential. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you look at this year. A lot, a lot of players left that team, and then this year a bunch of a couple new guys came in. But this team felt a lot closer and tighter on the men's side, and it mm-hmm. seemed like they were playing more for each other and less for themselves. Exactly. And they were one in the country, one indoors. Were I mean, let's face it. I'm right now. I'm actually crowning them national champions. They won the NC. They won NCAA's this year. Like they, like they were just that close to yeah, the team. I guess. Yeah. So like, what kind of what? What kind of a role does that camaraderie play? Can you, like, if you don't have the talent, can camaraderie carry you over the line, or do you need, do you need sort of talent to get you there, and then camaraderie is maybe a boost? Like, what, how important is, you. yeah, how important is it? Six words: teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, there we go. Um, dude, it's important as fuck. Um, you know, uh. You feed off each other's energy in matches, you know. Um, it could be like, you know, three all at court six, and uh, in like the third set, and then you see like your boy just won at four. You know that really pumps you up. You know, um, yeah. I feel like if the t- Camaraderie is not good, you know. You're playing for yourself, which is it's which a motivator, nuts. but it's right. not. Yeah, it's not junior tennis. It's not you know the tour. Um, you're not playing for yourself. You're playing for the team. You're playing for the school. Um, yeah, kind of like that old sort of hockey football sort of notion of you're not playing for the name on your back. You're playing for the name on your chest, the logo on your chest. Right. For you, the you know, the Fresno State Bulldog on your chest. Right. Like, that's what you're playing for. That's, yeah, that's what I'm playing for. That's what I'm playing for. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to play not only for yourself. You know, you have to push your teammates. They have to push you. You got to get them better every day. They, and hopefully they'll, you know, get you better every day. Um, you know, like, I've only been here a week, and I'm, I'm making – good friends you know with some of the guys and uh you know when we practice when we're hitting it's all good vibes and uh and you know i feel like we are getting better you know yeah and that's exactly what you want and you know kind of moving from that you know like the reality is i don't know if it's sunk in yet you're gonna have to leave these guys probably at the end at the end of the year unless you know Mm -hmm. some of you go to the same program what have you already started reaching out to other coaches or schools? Are you like, I'm going to let things settle and then reach out? Because, you know, you st- you're a week into college. Like, you still probably have pretty solid relationships with coaches at other schools because you were just recruited. So mm-hmm. have you been reaching out? Have they been talking to you? What's What's been sort of your move? Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to wait a little bit, try to settle down and, you know, like re- review my options, um, you know, and it just happened. You know, there's just 
there could be like a small chance that the program doesn't get cut and uh um you know but uh yeah i mean i've thought of like maybe some schools where i'd go to but uh that's that's not what i'm worrying about now i'm worrying about you know playing tennis and getting better every day um then you know it'll after i put in the work you know my it'll Pay off. Yeah, so you just have like your list of schools, maybe you're like eyeballing, like, oh, maybe here, and you just kind of put that in the back of your head, and you're just going to go out and play tennis now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense, but I mean, you're not. Yeah, you... my work here at Fresno is not done yet, so I can't be thinking too far yeah. ahead, even though I should be prepared, but that's that's for later in the future. Yeah, that I think that's a great mentality to have. Like, you're there, you committed to the school, that's where you wanted to be, right? Make the most of that one year. And, you know, speaking of recruiting, you just, you know, you just got to, um, stop checking yourself out in FaceTime. Um, you just got, you just got to Fresno. (laughs) I know you guys can't see, but Diego was just totally checking himself out in the mirror. Like, oh my God, so typical. But, you know, you just got done with recruiting. And I mean, as if you didn't have bad luck already with Fresno State, Basically, halfway through your spring semester, senior year, as you're, you know, really full on looking and considering your schools, mm-hmm. everything shuts down because of COVID. So how did how did your recruiting process change? Was it affected or like, had you pretty much seen all those schools you were planning to look at already? Like what, what happened when COVID kind of shut everything down? Oh, it was affected big time. Um, so, uh... So I was looking at uh, Gonzaga, Fresno State, uh, UC- hey, don't UCR. Forget, don't forget UFO. Oregon. Ollie was mad about that. Ollie will get mad U- if you don't mention that. U of o. Um, I think those I narrowed, narrowed them down to those four. Um, then I took Gonzaga, Fresno, and U of O out just because, you know, I really wanted, like, a school just to, you know, I needed to relieve, like, stress. I was stressing out a senior year. And uh, with, like, tennis and school. And so I, I, I was with UCR. And, uh, you know, uh, because of COVID, they, uh, you know, lots of things happened. They cut their program, too. Um, but uh, before that, they had to, they can only limit some like their roster to a certain amount of guys, I think eight guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had like two, two seniors. So it was going to be tough. Um, but that really turned things around. Um, Austin wrapped, helped me get in contact with Lou Shields again. And we had, we kind of got that ball rolling again. Um, and you know, he, he was able to pull some strings at, with compliance and everything, and he was able to, you know, help me out, which I'm so grateful for that he gave me this opportunity, you know, to play here just one year. But, uh, you know, yeah, COVID really messed things up, but it worked out at the end. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, you're at Fresno. You seem super happy, super pumped. Yeah. You've got what seems like a great squad around you, but, like, what, you know, most people, when they think of recruiting, they think of, you know, football and Uh you know you like go to high school like a normal student you go you know you go get recruited starting fresh like sophomore year sometimes kids get recruited and offered scholarships Uh how how's the recruitment process for tennis like what is what's the typical what was your process like what was my process like oh boy so um uh i started reaching out to schools end of my junior year um, I took a visit to SMU. Hey, there we go. Hey, I'm going uh, there tomorrow, actually. Really? Pony up, yeah. Let's go Stangs. Um, shout out my boy, Johnny Zizat. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, you know, um, what you have to do, either the coaches are going to email you or you contact them, either or, but for me, I was, I was pretty persistent and probably too annoying with emails probably like what the hell but uh you know you got to play a bunch of tournaments you know show the coaches that you're playing and you know 
maybe different now because of COVID, but at the time I sent them, you know, my tournament schedules and, you know, uh, they'd come out and watch and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you just email them, hey, you know, I'm interested in playing, you know, like, give me this opportunity, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that, pretty generic stuff, but, uh, that, uh, dude, my recruiting process was pretty stressful, but <laughs> it was, it was all fun, worth it. Yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, I think what a lot of people don't get to is most tennis, a lot of tennis players in college a good portion of them were homeschooled. Like, you went the homeschooling route, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so what was what was that like, you know, doing tennis and homeschooling? Um, so I was in school up until 8th grade. And that summer I was supposed to go to high school, local high school in Palm Springs. And, um, and uh, you know, I was with a, another coach at the time. Wait, wait, and, uh, which coach was it? <laughs> Charlie Moore. and uh and uh you know he's like hey uh you know let's like really push it and you know go home school and you know my mom was on edge about that but uh you know it worked out for me I feel like I did I really thrived in that kind of environment um you know I did school my own time and I played tennis you know twice a day and uh but it was it was pretty tough there were lots of times where I wanted, you know, to put the rackets up, but, you know, I persevered. But, uh, you know, it's definitely not for everyone, I don't think. I know lots of people have done it and, you know, have stopped, stopped playing entirely. Uh, you know, even without homeschool, too, I think tennis itself is really draining. Yeah. Physically and mentally, you know, it's not for everyone. No, it's not. It's definitely a tough sport. I mean, yeah. You know, at least you know, we, like I've played it too. You've played it. It's, it's not. It's definitely not for everyone. That's for sure. Yeah. But you know, I think you had, especially you know, your last couple of years. You, I mean, the desert. Let's be real. There's a lot of great players that come out of there. Connor and Austin Rapp went to UCLA. Um, you know, Alex Cooperstein was going to go to U of A. You look mm-hmm. at um, Desiree. Yeah, Des- Desiree just won, you know, another WTA title. Like, had a huge run at the at the French Open, I think. Mm-hmm. Finals. Yeah, finals there. You know, you've got a couple that went to Pamela FC. Montes. You yeah, know. yeah, Pamela Montes went to UCLA. You got Zoe Zoe Scorty. Katz to um, USC. Shorty Scorty at Fresno State. And so what? And you know, that was all sort of our. Like our generation, we grew, I grew up mm-hmm. playing with Austin and Connor. You grew up playing with them. Like, what, what did it do for your game having, you know, so many people in such a small area that have all been so successful in tennis? You know, I'm gonna tell you, it was pretty difficult. Um, they're all a lot older than me um, by a good amount of years, so. Dude, it was hard. Um, there wasn't there. Honestly, there wasn't a lot of a uh, lot of good players in the valley my age that could push me. Um, the there there are good players, but not a lot is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I remember you actually when you were younger. Like we used to play Gordons together at Palm Valley. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Gordon days on Pizza Fridays. The good times. You oh can't. You, nothing. You can't go wrong with those Pizza Fridays. Oh, those were all time. <laughs> those were the days. Just you go, you know, have pizza, and actually, you know, actually bringing up Gordon. Um, you know, I gotta ask you about the time. You know, you smashed a racket when you were nine years old, and then you ended up convincing Gordon that. It was someone else who smashed the racket, and it was the ident- like they had the same racket as you. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I think you got this story mixed up. Who told you this? Dude, I have my sources. You got to tell me about the time you convinced Gordon you didn't break your racket. No, there's. I didn't. He knew it was me. Wait, I'm confused. Wait, what? Okay, well then, Yaj, who's texting me right now, is terrible at, yeah, no, <laughs> at telling stories. Not, all, uh, every single word in that sentence that you just said, wrong. Oh my god. Not true. Then what's the real story? Let's hear it. Let me tell you, I'm playing 
I'm playing Friday night match play. Pizza Friday. Pizza Friday. Let me tell you, the pizza does not taste good when you're losing. No, it does not. We've all it been doesn't. on the losing. It's terrible pizza when you lose. When you win, shit, oh. that, that it's shit amazing. Is... It shits fire. Amazing. Best pizza of your life. So I'm playing two. It was two all in a breaker. We played best out of five games. <laughs> two on a breaker. I lost, and I threw the rag, and it cracked. And then I put it in my bag, and my mom came up to me. She's like, dude, just break your racket. And I said, what? I didn't know it was broken. I knew it was broken. So yeah. I don't know what my sister's talking about. So, yeah, your mom caught you just... Dude, that's the... It's the... I thankfully have never actually broken... I don't know how. I used to be a maniac on the court. I'm sure you <laughs> saw me get mad, swearing, cussing, smashing my racket at, like, 10 years old. It happens. I don't know how I never broke a racket. Like... It happens. Um... But when you intentionally break one, you've intentionally broken a racket, right? Like, that's the best feeling in the world. No, it's not. My mom beats my ass after. <laughs> Rose is not a fan of it. She's not a fan. That's brutal. What about what about the time when you dented your iPod chucking it against a wall when you lost in stick tennis? Stick tennis is one of the most competitive iOS games in the planet. Let me tell you. I don't know... It, it, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just a competitor. I, I hate to you, lose. You live in, you live I and breathe winning. the sport. Dude, so I'm playing. It was like 2012 or something, and I just chucked the iPod at the wall. I go to the wall, bam, there's a hole in the wall. Crazy. What happened to the iPod? iPod? Dude, it was like an iPod 4, indestructible. Oh, so that thing, like, nothing was happening to that. Nothing happened to that. Oh, this is great podcasting. You're just chewing into the mic. Put put the mic closer to you so we can hear you chew. Everyone, here's Diego chewing. Trader Joe's. This is ASMR. This is hey, ASMR. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you know, you're a competitive player. You want to compete. You want to win. What, like how, you know, how... How, what's like I guess what I'm trying to get at is what's been like the biggest moment when that sort of competitive fire came through and helped you win um, the most can you repeat the question <laughs> yeah stop texting during the interview bud <laughs> um, when like when is just like your competitive nature just like kicked in like you're kind of fight or flight response kicked in and you just ended up coming back and winning like craziest comeback craziest or most comeback improbable win you've had yeah one of the two or both most improbable mm, I could tell you every time I've choked no most improbable win um where, where I've come back yeah ask another question I gotta think about this alright let, your... let me actually go on uh Oh my god, you're gonna check your, your tennis recruiting and your USTA record? No, okay. I Well, I have. This is one of my favorite stories you've ever told me was from Ojai this past year. Uh, great. My favorite choke story of yours. You're up 4 2 against. It was like a seeded player, right? Yeah, the 4 seed. Uh, no, he no. was the 1 seed. The one, yeah, you're up 4 2, early, a break against the 1 seed. I was up 4-0. 4-0. Okay, even better. Uh, You're cruising, and then you carry on the rest, because it's my favorite story of all time. Um, Christ. <laughs> Come on, Diego. You got to tell it. So, so, so there's like this, this type of trend go, that goes through the desert where... You know, Scordy went Ojai, uh, Pam Montez went Ojai, Austin Rap went Ojai, Connor Rap, I think, finals of Ojai. Cooper Steen uh, won in doubles. Cooper Steen won Ojai and... Doubles with Brad and... And Calvin Boyd. Yeah. Um, so... You're, you were the only hope for the desert this past year. I was, I was... I think I was the only kid playing in the desert in Ojai. Well, I know Oliver wasn't making it to Ojai anytime soon. All good, Oliver. You just got to sign up next time. <laughs> he missed the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I played, I think it was round, I think I played 
three matches, four matches. And I was in the quarterfinals against uh, Sebastian Gorsny. And uh, he was the one seed. I was, I was nine. And, um, you know, I was really loose. I was really loose that entire first half of the match. Yeah, um, like, juices are flowing. You're, you're just going. I just didn't miss. And I hit the ball as hard as I could. And I put every volley away. And, um, oh, man. <laughs> bring you up know, a- I, was, I was riding on a lot of confidence. I just had won a, a level one. I got fifth at a level one, and I got, like, to, like, the semis of a level three. I was, I was riding on a lot of confidence, and, uh, so I was in the quarters here, and, uh, I was up 4-0, then he served 4-1. I was serving 4-1, and, uh, it was 40-30, had a volley on top of the net, and I hit it wide. I just, I, I guide, I was guiding the ball. You just, it's one of those where you just push it, like... Roddick at the Wimbledon finals in 09. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, at the time, I don't think of it as a big deal. Yeah, you're like, whatever, that's... Until you get broken, and then he holds again, and then you get broken again. And suddenly then it's 4 all. Then, then you're thinking of that volley. Instead of 4 all, it should be like 5-1. But, uh... <sighs> Yes, there were some guest appearances there in that match. Who were the guests? Let's, that's the best part. The guests came, and then that's when you got tight, Diego. Um, Billy Martin and Grant Chen. So for those of you that don't know who are listening to this, Billy Martin is the head coach of UCLA. He's probably one of, if not the best coaches in NCAA history. He produced countless pros and... Like, great players. And then Grant Chen was Billy's former assistant, now the head coach at SMU. And Diego just chokes right in front of them. You know. Not a good time, but it's a funny story. Yeah, this is not fun. But, you know, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll bring, like, better memories now. You've been a hitting partner at Indian Wells for the last couple of years. Who's the sickest player you've been able to hit with? Uh, the sickest player I've ever hit with would have to be... Noah Rubin. Noah Rubin? No, I'm kidding. I never hit with Noah Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> Sickest player I've ever hit with is Simona Halep or Nick Kyrgios. So, is Simona the highest ranked player you've hit with? Yeah. How, who's the highest ranked men's player you've hit with? At the time of their ranking? Yeah. Young Chung. Young Chung, that's a solid hit. That's sick. Right after, I warmed him up before his Federer match. There we when go. He got, when he lost like 6-1 that first set. Oops. <laughs> that's not me. That's not your fault. <laughs> that was crazy because he just beat Novak at the O's. Yeah, that's the year he just went off and then he like disappeared. But I actually love, um, you have one of the funniest stories from Indian Wells as well, a uh, hitting partner. Like your little, like, Thing, your little fiasco with Amanda Anisimova. Oh man! I know it's not the it's a it's a funny story now. Come on, Diego, let's hear it. All right. <laughs> I feel like I can't explain this story as I could. No, just give give us like the quick ago. sort of like the spark notes, like the gist of it. Yeah. So Amanda Anisimova, for those of you who don't know, is relatively close to my age yeah she's i think she just turned 18 or maybe 19 and um you were in love with her right so i had this plan i had this plan well i was gonna hit with her and then i was gonna i asked i was gonna ask her to go to a party (laughs) nice yeah that's gonna work asking a young bc That's good. Ask a pro tennis player to go to a party with you in the middle um, of a giant event. Yeah. Hey, so, shoot a shoot for Kobe. So, so, uh, so, like, I was scheduled to hit with her maybe like five times, and she like canceled every time. And then the fifth time, no cancellations. I'm on the court, 
her coach or her dad comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, are you uh, are you Diego?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "We're just gonna do Fed ball today. We don't we don't need you." I'm like, "Oh." I go on Instagram later that day. She's hitting with Nick Kyrgios. Ooh, that's a rough Diego. And you're like you, Mia. Cover your ears, Diego's girlfriend. Cover your ears right now. You were like in love with her at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, you were. No. Yes, you were. Well, no, I just had a crush on her. So, okay, now we're going to get to the fun story, the one I've kind of been waiting to save for the end, because this is probably the coolest story of all time. You're hit with Nick Kyrgios this year. Yes. Wa- uh, walk me through that, because Kyrgios is a legend. That guy is a legend. So, like, wa- walk me through, like, when you found out, like, when you found out you're hitting with him to you're walking on court to he's there on court in, you know, a basketball jersey, and then he just starts drilling balls at you. Walk, walk me through that. This guy walked into the court with Air Jordan 1 Retros, uh, Chicago's, Chicago Bulls. Crazy. And he played with them, too. Shoe game is so strong on him. But, uh, yeah, I was just at the at the hitting partner, hitting partner desk, and the chick, Lisa Kempton, she goes, uh, she's like, hey, can you hit with Kyrgios at 4? <laughs> and you've probably been hitting all day, right? No, so I'm cold. Oh, I haven't been hitting at all. Even worse. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And uh, so I get to the court, and there's like, no, I text my friends. I'm like, come. You're <laughs> I'm like, come like, check come this watch. out. Yeah. Shit's about to go down. Because because I was gonna hit with him like the day before, and he he canceled. But uh, he hit with like Gilmore face or something. A casual hit. Yeah, and then, uh, and, like, the guy is the most down-to-earth person I've ever met. Um, it's ridiculous how nice he is. Um, the guy just has a bad rep for no reason. But, uh, you know, the guy's intimidating as fuck. He, uh, he, uh, he's, like, 6'5", and he's, like, he's just walking with his team, and I'm all, like... Yeah, and you're not a big guy. You're like 5'8", what, 5'9", something like that. No. How tall are you? 5'11", just say 6 feet. Oh, okay, yeah, sure you are. So then, um... So you get on court with him. So I get on court with him. He's like, hey, hey man, how's it going? He's made me feel super comfortable and stuff like that. He's He was such a sick hit. And, uh, and uh, we like played like baseline points for butts up. And I lost, and he hit me in the leg. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're skipping a bunch of stuff. Like, didn't you? Was, didn't you beat him in one of them? Or you almost beat no. him? Uh, yeah, I lost eleven nine. Yeah, I mean against 11, Nick Curios. But yeah. what, didn't you say he was like tanking at the beginning, and then like the second you got up big? Yeah. I w- oh yeah, I was up. I was up. Uh, no, dude, I was up like five three, and I missed two feeds. Oh, feeds. that's brutal. It was a dirty feed. I just might add so. So, like we're confirming here on the First Surf podcast, Kyrgios is a dirty feeder? Yeah, you can't trust those feeds. So, okay, so next time he has a hitting partner, watch out for the feeds. Yes. So, you guys play for butts up. We play for butts up. And uh, I picked the I picked the deuce side wide. So, so it's not. So it's going to be a slice. He can't just pump. He can't just, pump heat down the tee. He's got to cut it a little bit. Exactly. I, you know, I got to think about that. Smart, because Kyrgios uh, can rip it too. That guy can hit one forty bombs. Um, and he hit he hit my like the back of my shoe, like the like the heel. The heel, yeah. It's crazy. Didn't you have? But you like? Didn't you make it on his Insta or something like that? Um, yeah, I think so. Like, I remember you had, like, a, you had, like, a huge viral moment. I know you put it on your Insta. Oh, it was on, it was some, it was on some tennis account. Yeah, there we go, that's what it was. And then it was on YouTube that had, like, 400,000 views. It, it, you're a tennis influencer now, Diego. Yeah. What are you going to use with all that clout you have? Um, reinstate the Fresno State program. There we go. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> Nick Curios, help save the Fresno State program for Diego. I should DM him. Do it. You should. All right. Well, we're going to get to, you know, one of my favorite segments. 
that we do on this show. And basically, Diego, we're going to create our own college lineup, right. draft our own players, but it's going to be all current ATP players. Okay. So we pick seven players, and then we set the lineup. You go first, and we'll do snake draft. So you pick one, then I pick two, then you pick one, or you pick two. So you pick one, I pick two, 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 two. Like, two. A, like a breaker. Exactly, like a breaker. So, Diego, with your first pick, who are you going to take? Is this guy playing line one? No, you. we're going to pick the players first, then we set up the lines. All right, I need and to write this down. Yeah, we're going to take seven players. So, first pick. First pick, Rafa. Rafa, oh, okay. All right, did you, my... Did you expect me to say that? I, I was expecting that. I'm going to go first pick, Roger, obviously. And then my second pick, I'm going to go team. Mm. I like that. All right, okay. your pick now. Who's your second? Second pick, Jack Sock. Oh, double specialist. You got to th- the Ooh, doubles point is... That's huge. saucy. The doubles point is huge. That is saucy. So who's your number three then? John Isner. Guess who's playing doubles together? Isner and Sock. <laughs> that's so OP. That's so OP. All right, so now it's my turn. Damn, you put me in a really tough spot. But you know what? I'm a USC guy. I got to keep it in the SC Trojan family. We're going to go Stevie J. Winningest college. Greatest college tennis player of all time. He knows the ins and outs of the dual setup. You have to go Stevie. He does know. Number four, I, I kind of need a doubles guy now. Like, Roger, team, and Stevie, they're not, they're not renowned for their doubles. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Kyrgios. Mm. I'm going to go Nick Kyrgios. Uh, he's great at singles, great at doubles when he cares, and, you know, he loves the team format, so he I think I can get him that. to play, yeah. So who's your, your fourth and fifth pick now? I'm going to go with uh, my fourth and fifth pick. Medvedev. Medvedev, all right. Medved, yeah absolute beast right now um hold on i need to look at tennis players i know it's it's hard you like forget you're like wait who do i get so diego's at his fifth pick right now my fifth pick Mm. it's tough this is tough right Brown. Ooh, that's a good. I like that little flare. I'm gonna go. You know who I'm gonna go with for my fifth pick? I'm gonna go Tommy Paul. You know why? I think he's just gonna be the ultimate like glue guy in the locker room. That like he's he maybe isn't gonna get me the win on court, but he's gonna be the dude that just like brings everyone together. Everyone loves him. Mm -hmm. I think that um, that's my pick. I'm loving that right now. And then six pick, Dennis. Dennis Shapovalov. Love his game. Massive forehand. Massive one backhand. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just have the most stacked one-handed lineup of all time. Alright. You want my sixth? Your sixth and seventh. Your last two picks right here. Rosie Casals. We're doing ATP players okay. only. Come on, Diego. Uh, I'm going with Taylor Fritz. Fritz, alright. All right, Diego, and your last pick. My last pick? Hold on, I'm on the ATP Tour rankings. Yannick Sinner. Ooh, good pick. But you know what? You just left yourself wide open because I just got the steal of the draft. I'm texting it to you right now. Is it Novak? No. Olympic gold medalist in doubles with Roger? Stanimal. All right. So now here comes the hard part. We're gonna you have to make your doubles lineup and your singles lineup. Alright, I got you. All I know is Jack Sock is playing six. Six. <laughs> you can't trust him on the court. You might even sit him out. So oh, who's gonna be that, huh? Who's your one who's your one single or one doubles, sorry. Your one doubles team. My number one doubles will be Rafa and Medvedev. Not yeah. Daniil Medvedev. All right. Are you sure they got the chem? All right, so then who's your number two team going to be? Sock Isner. 
Sokka is into the American duo. Like that one. And then your third line, your third. My third? Who do I even have? I texted it to you. You have them all. I know, but... You've got Dustin Brown, Taylor Fritz, Yannick Sinner. Uh, why did I pick Dustin Brown? Because <laughs> he's sick. Brown and... Uh... Center, I guess they're losing that match. Oh yeah, that's a major loss. I think I'm stacked in doubles. All right, so then my doubles, I have to go one single or one doubles. I mean, I gotta go with the gold medalist, Roger and Stan. I mean, you have a gold medal, you have to start one. Right. Number two. Ooh, this is a. T- you know what? I'm gonna go with Dennis and Curios. Mm, that's scary. That's a, that's a scary. Like that could be really good or really bad. Yeah, they're either framing every ball, or they're just ripping winners like no one else. Oh my god, that's gonna be like the most hot and cold. And then you know what? We're gonna go uh, Stevie and Team. I kind of like that. Actually, no. Oh no, no, no. You know what we're gonna do? Stevie and Team have played doubles before. Oh yeah, they have. I like that team actually. All right, so now we got to do singles lineup. Who's your one singles? Rafa. Rafa, obviously. My two, Medvedev. All right, good picks. Three, Fritz. Fritz, all right. I'm liking that. Four, Sinner. Sinner at four, solid. Um, who else is it? Brown, hold on. Brown, Sock, and who else is left? You have Jack Sock, uh, John Isner. Oh, John Isner. Oh, Isner at five is five. filthy. Is the, Isner knows the thing or two about college tennis. Oh, yeah. He's, Go dogs. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, bro. No, fight on. Come on. And six, uh, Jack Sock. Yeah. Dustin Brown's only going to play. Uh, doubles, doubles specialist. Okay, for my one singles, I'm going to give the... I'm a man of the people. Roger won. You got to go team at two. Like, there's no there's no other way about it. I'll play Stan at three. At four. Actually, I want Kyrgios at three. Him against... Him against Fritz would be... Actually, you know what? We're going to swap team and Kyrgios. Yeah. I want team at, at three. So team at three, and then four, who do you have at four? Sinner? Ooh, that's a good one. Four is going to be Stan. I think they just played. I think Sinner might have, it was tight. Five, you got to go all college matchup. Stevie against John. Oh, man. That's going to be a filthy match. And then six. Ooh. You know what? We're going to do no backhand versus only backhand. Six is Tommy Paul. So I'm going to release a poll on Instagram. Everyone following, like whose team you think is going to win. I, I like my chances. I, I mean, like my chances. I mean, I think, I think I've got this in the bag. All now, I know is we won 4-2. Oh, okay, sure. I think we got like a 4-1 dub. And now, Diego, my last two questions for you before we wrap this up. What's one thing you hate about tennis? Worst part about the sport? Hmm. Quick rapid fire. One thing I hate about tennis? Yeah. Costco pen balls. Oh, those are the worst. That, those are actually terrible. And then what's one thing you love about tennis? Wilson US Open balls. <laughs> Those are very different but solid answers. I'm a fan. And then finally, we have a fan-submitted question that, you know, I've been asking around people to submit their their questions. Who's your squad for Warzone? Who's my squad for Warzone? Who's your Warzone squad? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Marlon, Pete Sampras, and the Burger King. All right, that is... The Elite Squad, and Diego, that is all the time we have today. Thank you for coming. 
Everyone, that concludes the second episode of the First Serve Podcast. Thanks for coming out, and love you guys. Nick, it was a pleasure. Yep. Well, great episode. Once again, love you guys.